3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hey y'all, this is Nikki. I'm out here at the meet and greet before Princess Weekend, and I am from Orlando, Florida, so I'm local here, enjoying the meet and greet, having fun before the half marathon tomorrow, and y'all are listening to the Rise and Run podcast. Nikki from Orlando, our introduction person today. Thank you, Nikki. It was great seeing you at the meetup, and thanks for taking a minute and leaving us that nice intro. Friends, hello, and welcome to episode 76 of the Rise and Run podcast. As always, we are so happy that you are here with us. I'm Bob. I'm here this evening with Allie. Hi, friends. With Jack. Hi. With Greg. Hey, hey, hey. With John. Hey, how you doing? And with Lexi. Hello. Ah, gang, it's good to see you. Good episode this evening. Our guest tonight Neely Gracie, the woman who won the half marathon at Princess Weekend, spends some time with us. And in our race report spotlight, our good friend Rachel will tell it, be telling us about the half marathon she ran in San Antonio, Texas. Friends, springtime surprise now a mere five weeks away. Yeah, we were getting, you know, that's good news, bad news. The good news is we're getting there. The bad news is it's the end of the run Disney season, but that's okay. We'll be with you because by golly, uh, no, no sooner does springtime surprise end than we're looking at registering for uh, events uh, next (laughs) winter and and we'll start talking about training for marathon weekends. So we'll stay busy. But speaking of training five weeks out, whether you're doing the 5K, the 10K, or the 10-miler, the training this weekend is all 30 minutes. I thought it was kind of interesting. I, I owned up last week that I wasn't quite sure where I was getting some of this data. So I went back and checked all the Run Disney training plans. And all the Jeff Galloway Run Disney training plans are in there. And I know I'm using them properly now. But there is not a... Jeff Galloway run Disney training plan for the challenge. Mm. However, one of our friends in the Facebook group told me that there is a challenge training plan in Jeff Galloway's app. There is a training plan in there for the springtime surprise challenge. It's been really neat seeing the activity in the chat group for springtime surprise. Please, please keep that active. Uh, if you're running the Jeff Galloway weekend in Atlanta, that is now next weekend. So I hope to see a bunch of our friends there. Well, let's take a look in review here this last week. I know my buddy John made a trip to Walt Disney World. John, how'd that go? It was a uh, very interesting. So uh, <laughs> went. To, I got a Tron preview. So I went down to Florida to do a Tron preview 
I am 99.9% positive I hit for Saturday at three o'clock. He didn't know. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't really. So Bob met me down there. I had two extra uh, spots because my friends weren't going to do it. I said, Bob, I I think I have two extra spots. I'll I'll wait for you and we'll go check in. So I was all fired up, boy. I was ready to go. I go up to the booth. They go, no, there's no, there's no DVC today. It's gone already. No, it says three to four. No, that's for tomorrow. I'm like, I got the email. I never looked at the date. So I'm like, oh no, no, no. So it was like, I'm like, is there anything you can do? No, I go, it's come back tomorrow. I go, I'm flying out tomorrow. Oh. So I said, okay, now I'm doing the math in my head. Okay. I got, <laughs> I, I got, I got an eight o'clock. I got, I got an eight thirty flight. Okay. I got three o'clock to four o'clock window. Hopefully I could get out of there. Okay. So went back the next day, did get on Tron. I really liked it. It was really cool. I would compare it to rock and roller coaster without the loop, but it's <laughs> fast, smooth, but I need to do this now at night. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Oh, I can't wait. We didn't get Becky and I didn't get to do it at all because <laughs> I know. No. I'm sorry, Bob. No. Get, I'm get, teasing. I get them all worked up. Uh, it was you know, we were we were driving over there to see you and Diane. Yeah. That was exactly why we went. You mentioned you might have two extra passes for Tron. Cool if you did. It didn't work out. Not a big deal. We'll get to it eventually. We had a good time. And no, I was not going to drive Interstate 4 again the next day. I'm that highway. Golly. Well, the good thing was, so when I, I checked in extra early, so I said, so I can just make sure if I can be like the first one online for that three o'clock window. So I get there about like one thirty, quarter to two. They go, I go, uh, you're here for the three to four. He goes, yeah. Cause can you get me earlier? Just go back there. You can go right now. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, oh, great. So we got in, we were off, got off the ride, walked over, got a dole whip, then went home. Nice. <laughs> nice. Awesome. I'm, I'm very glad you got to do it, John. I was afraid maybe you're going to miss out on it completely. And and I'm being honest, we've done this before. It's not that far away. When friends are over there, we're happy to drive over and see you. And, and it really was nice seeing you and Diane. It was, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was great. So I'm glad that all worked out. We, we tried to hook up with Jack, but our schedules didn't yeah. work out. Oh, yeah. I had a long day at work. And by yeah. the time, I was like, oh. Oh, no, I get it. And and. <sighs> Honestly, Jack and I had been together six days prior, so that was cool. That was cool, too. Um, Special episode tonight, gang. Now, friends, those of you who've been listening to us in the beginning have been listening to most of us since October of 2021. But one gang member is now celebrating her first anniversary with the show, and that's Allie. It me. That's it. It's Allie's an alleyversary. It's my alleyversary. <laughs> I am so glad that you guys are my friends and that I get to talk to you every week. It's the best. And I'm I'm saying that to everyone out there listening to you guys are all awesome. Yeah. Well, Allie, you, 
we're we're better because of you. We're glad you're here. Uh, let's see, gang. Hey, look, we haven't talked about this in a while. How is training going with you? Jack, how's your training going? Oh, me? Yes. You. <laughs> yes. Um, you know what? I have a best friend right next to me. Her name is Couch. Couch. And we've got a lot of time together, and it's been <laughs> wonderful. I haven't <laughs> run. Let, let me make sure. Couch, Couch, do you have any words to say? Hold on, whispers. This is the way. Yeah, this is the way. All I hear is, <laughs> okay. I haven't done nothing, friends, and I don't feel bad whatsoever. No. <laughs> well, you shouldn't either because I, the number of miles you put uh, in up until last week. Yeah. I need mm-hmm. a break. I can't wait to just like, I just want to be able to have nothing planned on the schedule for just a little bit and just run what I want to run. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, and since I'll be moving soon, I kind of want to rerun places that I truly enjoy. And I'm going to go back out to Disney and maybe run around um, some yeah. areas out there. And yeah, but for for now, I'm going to run for fun. And That's then good. maybe in the next month or two, ramp it up. Well, actually, probably next month. Uh, ramp it up again because I would like to get a, uh, a goal of a battle. <laughs> sounds crazy because i love crazy i really want to get a sub 150 half yeah it's been a goal of mine for a really long time and i know i'm kind of close to it um but i want to be able to do a race where i can just like truly go for it with like what, no other race that i'm training for what's that. your pr now jack uh 152 yeah yeah 150 i see a 150 i see a 140 something in your future i hope so mm-hmm. but right mm-hmm. now look into that crystal ball yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, you know, I don't want to press the ball. Genie, let's rub the lamp. What do I want my <laughs> wish to be? Oh, number one, I have 150. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the accent is. I don't, I don't know, know what that accent is. I don't know what the heck that was either, Jack. It was like an amalgam of many accents. Oh, God. Ah, zero. No, okay. All right, so Jack's busy talking with her couch, and uh, eventually <laughs> she's talking with the genie in the yeah. lamp, and eventually she's going to get off the couch and run a one forty eight thirty. Yes. Um, Greg, how's things going with you? <laughs> uh, so I've also been on the couch um, as well. The different, the, different, no, couch, right? different couch. Uh, different mine, couch. Mine. Mine isn't talking to me. Uh, <laughs> no. So no. So uh, that's what are you miles to does it? to you. No. If couches start talking to you when you run 62 miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my couch is going to be singing the song. What's the, what's from Beauty and the Beast? I'm human again. I'm human again. What is that? It's like that song that got killed. No, you're correct. You're correct. Yeah. yeah. It's on, okay. Yeah. It's on the Broadway version. <laughs> oh, I have. Oh, I have seen that. Oh, that's been a while. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Words. Where did, where did I lose control? I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Well, what else did... is your couch not saying? Wait, hold yeah. on. <laughs> There's my my mistake is thinking I had control at any time. No. But at, at one point, I was asking Greg how his training was going. Greg, yes, go for it. Sorry, I'm so sorry. You're you're you're, 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 fi- you're, you're, you're fine, Jeannie. Um... <laughs> I got two more wishes. You got one. <laughs> <laughs> um. But anyway, the reason why I'm on my couch is um, 
for the last couple of weeks, um, once I got back into running post dopey, when I would finish, I would just have this weird pain that just shot down the side of my leg that started like just below my hip. And then it would like slightly go around the knee and then would run down, you know, the, the side of my calf and everything like that. But it was one of those things where I would run pain free, be done. I would have the pain for like 24 to 36 hours. It would dissipate and then it would just be a rinse and repeat cycle. And then I decided, actually, it was the day of the princess half. I needed to do 10 that day. And I decided to do it on the treadmill because the wind was just really howling here in um, southeastern PA. So I did on the treadmill. And this was the first time where I was experiencing that pain while I was running. So I had like a coming to Jesus moment with myself. And I said, okay, it's time to get this checked out. Uh, so I made an appointment with an, uh, a sports medicine doctor and they ran through the gamut of what it could be. And, and they pretty much chalked it up to it being some type of IT band issue. Um, so they shut me down for uh, the past week and a half. I'm going to get going um, starting again this Saturday because thankfully since I seen the physician and have been prescribed some medication and stuff like that. I haven't had any issues whatsoever. Um, So I am excited to get back in the saddle uh, starting this past weekend. And the reason why I need to get back into the saddle is because Mm -hmm. um, I will be coming to springtime surprise now running the challenge. Good. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, so I'm very excited. I'll be running again on behalf of Give Kids the World. So I'm very, yeah. very excited uh, <laughs> uh, to be working with them again. Uh, they're just such a phenomenal organization. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited. I'm, and I also need because I know she will listen. Uh, I need to give a massive shout out to my wife for um, <laughs> supporting me and allowing me to go down to a. Uh, run Disney race weekend by myself, you know, so, you know, staying home and, and taking care of, you know, our, our little one. Um, I'm in incredible debt to her and, and really am grateful that, that uh, she's my partner in life. So there's the best. So thank you so much. Um, and yeah, so I'm very excited to be uh, seeing all my, my run Disney family in just a couple of weeks. I'm so excited for you. Oh my God. I can't stop smiling. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, Springtime surprise. I'll be there. Greg, Allie, Jack, will you be there? I thought about it. I thought I was. And then I can't, I keep forgetting that me and Lexi are going to Cancun. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how I keep forgetting that, but. Okay. All right. So cool. Cool. That's good. Greg, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Lexi, how's your training going? Uh, you know, Greg, you were talking about uh, getting back in the saddle. And that's kind of what I've done recently. Um, I took off after my dopey attempt, oh gosh, a month and a half, not doing any exercise at all. (laughs) Um, my couch talked to me. It was wonderful. What did yours say? Um, ours are best friends. Yeah. It was saying, stay here, Lexi. Oh, don't go. And so I did. Um, no, but, um, my wonderful boyfriend, um, decided that we were going to join the gym together 
And he has it in his brain that he's going to do Dopey next year. (gasps) Cool. Um, I will not be doing Dopey next year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm probably going to do it in like 25. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, But I've done now um, three runs. And um, it's feeling good. I'm kind of just keeping it as like when I feel like it, I'll go run. Um, And not trying to like put myself on a training schedule or anything just yet. Um, But yesterday I did a Peloton treadmill workout at the gym and um, it was so much fun. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, this is why I like doing these. (laughs) Um, And it really pushed me and um, and then I realized, wow, I haven't run in two months. Um, (laughs) But it was great. It was fun. Um, And I'm excited to like start getting back into the swing of a routine and um, yeah, it's gonna be good question Lexi what is a Peloton workout like I mean I just don't I don't do it so I don't really understand what it is do you like do you not just run yeah so basically especially with the treadmill runs um you have the coach person who's doing it with you same as like on a bike and she'll tell you okay for the next two minutes we're gonna um start out at you know, 4.0 to 7.0 speed. And every 30 seconds, we're going to add 0.5. And so she'll be running along and she'll be like, okay, in three, two, one, add that 0.5. And, you know, like um, with this one specifically, we were going up a hill for Mm. like, I don't know, three minutes. And so every 45 seconds, we would add like 0.5, 0.5, 0.5 until we got to the top of the hill and then she'd be like okay we're gonna recover for a minute you can either do a light jog or you can walk no harm in walking and she's just you know like coaching and talking you through it this one was a 2000s run so it was like the best music ever um (laughs) well maybe not ever but best music and um yeah it was 30 minute 2000s run Sounds like it's making treadmill running less boring. Yeah. And like considering that I call the treadmill the dreadmill, like <laughs> it it definitely made it like, okay, this is not the longest one minute of my entire existence. This is this is fine. Good. Sounds like we're making progress with Coach Couch helping things out. <laughs> That's Are cool. you talking about me or the actual couch? I'm talking about Coach Couch. You, oh, okay. You've all, all you referred to him. I don't have a Coach Couch, but that's okay. But uh, sometimes it's okay to have a Coach Couch. Yeah. Obviously, that's correct. I, I need to recover. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. You deserve it. Thanks. So do you. You had you did dopey and everything. You need a nice break. Ever since dopey. I've been riding riding the uh, the stationary bike just to keep some of the pressure off my knees. Mm. Uh, purposely, I said I'm not going to run till probably end of March, and I've so far I've been good. But I did start the elliptical to start to get myself going into uh, more of a running motion than yeah. a than a riding motion, and so far everything seems to be feeling good. 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 I'm glad to hear that. I've been, I haven't been training. I'm running springtime surprise, um, but I haven't been running. 
I have been cross training a lot though. So I'm team Louisa doing some strength training and in your bare it feet, is scaring the feet. crap out of me. <laughs> and then, um, it is the end of ski season. So I'm trying to get as much skiing in as possible. And mother nature is helping with that because it's been snowing a lot here. So mm. yeah, hopefully that kind of carries me through, but next week I do have plans to start um, adding some walking and running into my weeks so that I will be prepared when springtime comes. And you get that perfect season. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's, I'm very excited for it to be over, even though it's been really fun. It has been a lot of work. <laughs> All right. Good guys. Let's, uh, let's take a step back a week or so here. Let's, let's revisit princess weekend. One, more time with the woman who won the princess weekend half marathon neely gracie we have been so fortunate on this podcast to meet so many great people so many great friends and so many great run disney champions tonight we add another one to that list we are happy to welcome neely gracie to the rise and run podcast neely just won the princess half marathon a few weeks ago neely welcome to the podcast thank you hi everyone hello hi yeah thank you so much for sharing your time with us now let me emphasize this again neely wasn't the top female finisher neely won the half marathon the princess half marathon that's a big deal this is only the third time in disney history that a woman has been the top finisher at a race, 2017 Wine and Dine. I was there for that one. I remember when that one happened. I remember the post-race interviews. That was pretty cool. And 2019 Princess, and now 2020-23. You don't do this in your first run. Neely, you've been an accomplished athlete for quite a while. Uh, I'm looking at some of your accomplishments. You've represented Team USA twice in the World Cross Country Championships. You were at the 2011 Pan Am Games. At Shippensburg College, not far from where I went to school many, many years ago, before you were born, by the way, Neely, I graduated. <laughs> uh, eight NCAA Division II records at Shippensburg, right? That's pretty impressive. Thank you. I, I want to talk about a bunch of things tonight, Neely. But let's start by talking about that race. Now, you actually ran the challenge that weekend, didn't you? I did, yeah. I competed in the 10K on Saturday. Uh, where I finished third overall, top female. Yeah. And then I ran the half marathon on Sunday and I finished first um, overall. Um, I do want to just point out that if you look at the results, a male did run 115.05, and that has been brought to my attention. Um, however, the rulings are that you have to start in. Um, the A wave to be considered for placement. Um, and so he started about eight minutes behind. Um, so it's essentially considered two separate races. So he ran the fastest time of the day. However, um, it didn't mean that he was the overall winner. Um, so I've had to explain that a couple of times. So I just want to uh, <laughs> asterisk that for everyone. Oh, that is interesting. That is interesting. And, and I, I understand that. I'm not a competitive runner, but I can understand it as a competitive runner. You need to know who you're running against and someone that far behind you, you couldn't do anything about that. 
correct. I mean, he ran a fabulous race and I wish he would have been up there because yeah. that would have been a great battle for everyone. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, he was did not start in the A wave. Um, and whenever you are starting in the A wave, you have to run on gun time instead of chip time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, his overall time, gun time, was an hour 23 instead of the 115.05. So um, that's just how they how they set it up because if he's starting back there, he's just passing people the whole way. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, the, the top male and myself, um, we were solo for most of the race, just running by ourselves. Entirely different strategy, race strategy, entirely different tactics. Yeah, I, I understand that. And kudos to you for bringing it up. You didn't have to tell us. <laughs> well, I think we, it's fair. And, um, you know, I also want um, that that guy to know that, you know, I super respect him. And I yeah. wish that he would have been up there um, to race with us. Yeah, that is unfortunate. But that's just the way it, it worked out. I have a question about that. So when you said A Corral, is it A Corral first wave though, right? Correct. So um, the elites and the, the A Corral all start when the fireworks go off <laughs> at a Disney mm -hmm. race. Um, but yeah, when the, when the gun goes off is when the A wave starts and those in the A wave um, go based off of gun time. Um, and then everyone else is kind of per chip time. Um, for the rest of the race, but that's to be um, considered for placement. Placement comes from the A-Wave. The race was pretty impressive, and it seems like you have a really great story about how it came that you became the winner of this race. Um, and I'd really like for you to share it with our listeners because it's it's just a really cool story. Oh, well, thank you so much. Well, first off, I want to shout out my sponsor, Honey Stinger. I've been with them since 2015. They're a Colorado company. Um, and it was one of those that I found their waffles. Um, and I started having them before every workout and every long run and every race. And I was like, well, I, this is a pretty tried and true thing for me. So it feels mm -hmm. very authentic to be um, an ambassador for them for this length of time. Um, and so they recently started sponsoring the uh, Run Disney races. Yeah. Right. Fueling. Um, and so they were the ones that uh, created this opportunity for me. Um, so I guess back in the fall, um, they reached out to me and were like, hey, this seems great. Like you're a mom, you can go to Disney, take the kids and you can run and like, you know, give us some good PR as a result. Um, we'll get you into the race. Uh, and I was like, awesome. Um, so between um, Run Disney and uh, Honey Stinger getting me into the race and uh, getting my family a place to stay and everything, um, it was just like a really awesome experience to like just be even able to go. And then this whole like, you know, winning was the cherry on top for sure. Um, so the race started out, like I said, I ran the 10K on Saturday um, and I uh, was very pleased with how the 10K went, but I did want to be like a little bit cautious um, just because I knew I had the 
the half the next day. And I've never done like back to back long distance races like that. Back in college, I would have done, you know, the 1500 3k or, you know, the the mile 5k or whatnot, but that would have been about like the biggest length um, of race that I did in college. Uh, so this is like definitely a lot of miles at a fast pace in two days. Um, also, uh, the races go off at 5am. So I was waking up um, I had my alarm set for 2.30, uh, both of those mornings. And to top it all off, our flight out of Colorado was canceled uh, because of a snowstorm. So we ended up deciding, we found out the day before, we ended up deciding we were going to beat the storm. So we took a red eye out of Colorado. So I had like three bad nights of sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but having children has like prepared me for this because I'm used <laughs> to like functioning at a high level without sleep. So um, it kind of worked out. For me. <laughs> um, so uh, the 10K was my fastest time since having kids, uh, which felt really good. Cool. And then um, on Sunday, I started the half and I was like, okay. Uh, I've been training in negative degrees in Colorado, um, and I need to make sure that I don't get out too fast and that I stay really well hydrated because it is a warmer climate here and it's a longer race. Um, and I'm going to have some fatigue from the 10 K also. So I, um, I started off really conservative for the first 5k. I kind of used that as like my warm up to get into it. Um, I carried a disposable water bottle, um, and like made sure that I got in like 12 ounces of fluids in that first 5k. I took a gel um, and that caffeine, when that hit, I was like, okay, now I'm ready to race. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I started in sixth place and I like slowly started to work my way up. Um, and around like right going through the castle, um, which is like between mile four and five, I think I um, was running with the, the other top female athlete. Um, and so I was kind of hoping that we'd be able to like run together for a little bit, but she wasn't having a great day. So we kind of like exchanged a few words. I was like, all right, you got this. Stay focused. Um, and then I started to move up. Um, I passed the third place guy. Uh, a few miles later, I passed the second place guy. Um, but at about, um, I guess, between eight and nine is when I passed the second place male. And, uh, it was a really cool part of the course. I loved running through the castle, but of course, yeah. um, this, the area between eight and nine, um, everyone who's starting is coming on one side of the highway while I was coming on the other side of the highway. And, um, they were all just like cheering and like erupting yeah. with joy. Um, as okay, I, so I was that person. I was it in was that group. So cool. seeing you. Yeah, it was <laughs> really cool. It it was so inspiring. So like, I really started to pick it up at that point. Um, and that's like when I really like found my groove. I think in the race. Um, and I was just like, okay, like this feels good, and I'm having fun out here. Um, and like, I passed the the second place male, but the the leader was still about a minute up at mile nine. Um, and so how I do that is I could see him cause it's like a highway. Right. So, um, I would pick a spot like that light pole and then I would count, um, until I got to the light pole and then I knew how far ahead he was. And so like another mile passed and then it was like 45 seconds and I was like, ah, oh, okay, we're making progress. Um, and then the last mile I was like, oh my gosh, I'm only 15 seconds down. Like I just have to go mm. for it. Um, so I went for it 
and uh, ended up running a 5.15 last mile and wow. the final 600 meters. Wow. That's so, that's so crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a great story, too. That's fantastic. So I'm curious. Did he know how close you were? I you were coming up to him? cyclists and my lead cyclists were radioing back and forth. Um, so there's a likelihood that he knew um, because when I would pass a mile marker, my lead cyclist would, like, get on the radio and tell um, them. Um, but I think his lead cyclist uh, I think crashed his bike like right at oh, the Oh, really? Wow. Uh, yeah. So wow. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, so supposedly that happened. I didn't see it. Um, and then, uh, so he may have known. I'm not sure. He didn't really have a response. Like when I, when I passed him, it wasn't like he fought to hold me off or anything. I think mm. he was, mm. um, you know, I had been running 15 seconds or so per mile faster than him for mm-hmm. the last 5k. So, um, it was just when that kind of happened, like my, my momentum was a little bit stronger. Um, but afterwards I got to talk to him. He was very gracious and it was really cool, um, to get to, get to talk with him, congratulate him. And, um, he handled it very well. His yeah. ego was not too strong and destroyed. Yeah. I, I remember in 17 when the woman won wine and dine, I remember the post-race interview with the guy and I don't know exactly what the question was, but the answer was, heck yeah, I was trying to beat her. She was just faster than me. So I think that's what we had going on here. I wonder how many of the people who were, you know, in the top finishers, um, I wonder how many of them ran the 10K the day before. Do we know the stats on that? Do you know if any of the other ones that you'd spoken to had ran the challenge? Um, I know one of the guys um, that I that was up there um, a bit. He had done the the 10K the day before, but um, I know that the the male um, that uh, was second place behind me um, and the top male finisher he did not, and then the second place female did not either. Wow. That's so impressive. And you were doing this on yeah. tired legs and you still have this story of just this amazing breakthrough. Yeah. It's just awesome. And I, I have to say again, how excited everybody was to see you coming out of the, the coming out of magic kingdom and how just being in the crowd that was watching you um, was exciting for me. So I can't even imagine how exciting it was for you. Thank you. I appreciated that. During this race, did you by chance hit any kind of mental walls? And if you did, how did you get yourself out of them during the race? I would say one of my strengths is that I have a pretty strong mindset and I'm able to get a lot out of myself uh, on race day. I will say that I feel like early on in the race, I had to be a little bit patient and talk myself through that. Uh, so one of the reasons that I wanted to run the Disney, um, uh, the run Disney princess challenge and do both of them was to get more practice and more experience running in warmer, humid climate. Um, you know, growing up in Pennsylvania, I ran in the humidity all the time, but we've lived in Colorado for eight years now and I just, I'm not used to it. And the Olympic trials are being held there, uh, next year. So 
that was, um, you know, kind of a tactic that I wanted to practice because next year at the trials, it's going to be who's smarter. Uh, and so for me, I realized that I have to be really patient early on, um, especially with the, the conditions that we could potentially be racing in. So um, that was something that I definitely focused on and I did have to talk myself through it a little bit. Uh, it was hard to let everyone go at the start and to start in sixth place um, and to be running, you know, substantially slower. I think my first mile was like a 610 or something like that. And I ended up averaging 544 for the whole thing, but I really worked into it. Um, and so being patient and conservative um, was kind of part of that plan, but it wasn't necessarily easy. And I had to remind myself of that pretty often in those those first few miles. Obviously, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the Olympic trials, you know, later on in this interview. But going back to the 10K for a second, I mean, obviously, impressive finish. You know, the fact that again you were third overall, first female. But again, as you talked about, you're saving yourself for you know the half the next day. What type of strategies did you employ to not only get the the successful position that you did? to to win the the female race for the 10k but also have that mindset okay i'm here to do I, i'm here to accomplish this goal but i know that this is only step one of the ultimate goal that that you were you know looking to achieve yeah totally um so i started off the race um and realized kind of half mile in that there were there was going to be some good competition amongst the men uh in the field so i ended up um you know kind of after the first half mile being like okay i need to like kind of find my stride here and settle a little bit not try and get too antsy and like you know really vie for position or anything um and then one of the things that they uh wanted me to do was to take some like video um, throughout the race. So I actually have like some video footage of me like running, um, while I was in, uh, the 10 K, um, race. And it's not like the most, uh, steady footage, but it was kind of fun. Um, and so that was kind of like, I would have like a couple minute, like a minute here where I would like film myself for a minute. And then I would like, all right, I'm going to put my phone down and like, focus and get back into a good groove. So I would say like had a couple little like tempo minutes here or there amidst the race mode um, so that I could get the footage. And then um, I kind of that last mile was like, okay, now I'm going to like race it in. And there was someone, um, there was a guy in front of me and then I kind of came up on him. And then unlike in the half, he like responded well and he, he pulled away in the last 400. Um, and so uh, yeah, I, I was able to hold pretty strong. Um, and I, I was happy with the race. Um, but I know it, it definitely wasn't like a totally focused all in effort. Yeah. Cause I, let me get this straight. You, while winning the 10 K in the women's division, you're actually literally filming yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I drew a couple pictures that way though. Cause I was like holding up my camera and then I <laughs> like where the photographers were. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> that's funny. amazing. That that's incredible. Wow. Fantastic. Hearing you talk about those strategies and filming yourself and everything like that. You know, the one thing that, that dawned on me, and I know this is a question that, that we never got a chance to ask Brittany Charbonneau, the couple of times that we've had her on after her amazing accomplishments and, and winning, you know, dopey and, and, you know, 
the female um, individual races and stuff like that is obviously, you know, being a, a professional runner and, and having your sponsorships and everything like that, you know, going to these races is dual purposed. But how hard is it for you as a fan of run Disney to know that, okay, I'm in the, I'm in this elite position and I really do like, I can't fully embrace the whole, you know, Oh, Oh, there's Mickey. I'm going to quick shoot off. So, so I can get a picture. Like how difficult (laughs) is that for you to balance? Like, Oh God, I want to get my photo, but I also really want to win this race too. The one that was the hardest is I really wanted the castle picture. Yeah. Um, and that was definitely one that I was like, oh man, that was like that. That's the one picture that would be so awesome to have. Um, but I guess I'll just have to run it for fun at some point um, and get that photo. But um, yeah, you know, it's funny because I'm in this like weird limbo. Like I'm not an official like professional sponsored athlete um, at the moment. Uh, uh, Honey Singer has like supported me um, with product, um, and provided like some opportunities like this race, um, like a half marathon last year as well. Um, and then Adidas, who was my former sponsor, uh, they've still been sending me gear package. So I still get shoes and clothes from them. Um, but I don't have any like monetary sponsor. So for me, it's like, this big passion project in a way, um, where it's just like, this is something I really enjoy. Um, and so does like the, the Disney princess race was like so perfect for me because I was able to run hard and fast and like have that competitiveness shine through, but it also was a vacation for my family and it was a fun race. And I felt like it was the perfect balance of like fun and exciting um, and not too serious, but also really well organized. And to me, that was kind of exactly like the race I needed because that's where I'm at with my training and, uh, with where I am, um, you know, kind of coming back after having kids and, you know, uh, pursuing my goals at yes, a high level. Um, but it not being like my primary focus or my job, like it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. Neil, you've, you've led into something I wanted to ask you about. I know you're a mom, got two boys, right? Yep. How has that impacted your training and your career as a runner? Yeah, so I have two boys. Athens is four and a half and Rome is one and a half. And I would say, um, so my last pro season was 2017. Um, And I think I had just been doing it for a really long time, um, training at this really high competitive level. um, And my body was just kind of broken down. Um, and my, my, my mentality was just like, I need a little bit of a break here. Um, and so my first pregnancy was rough and hard and I was sick and it didn't go the way I wanted to. And I thought that I'd be able to run and I couldn't run. And it was, it was definitely a challenge. Um, and I was still sponsored through that pregnancy. So Adidas stuck with me um, for two years after uh, I had my son, Um, but I just wasn't really able to um, get myself uh, back to being um, like a top competitor competitor on like, you know, uh, an international scale, Um, which is what, you know, a lot of pro companies want. Uh, And so it was, they followed through to the end of my contract with them and then did not renew, which made complete sense to me and was honestly kind of a bit of a, a, 
you know, fresh air to be like, all right, I just, I don't need the pressure and the stress. Um, I think that was causing me to try and rush. And then I kept getting injured and um, stressed about it. And so I took some time and I was like, you know what? I just want to do this for fun. I just want to do this for me. Um, And then the pandemic hit um, and I was like, perfect. I have a whole year of like (laughs) training and, um, you know, there's not really races and all this stuff. Um, And so training started to go really well. And I started to be like, wow, I've like removed this pressure. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it because I want to do it. But I also am making good decisions. Like I was able to train smarter because I was like, I don't want to get injured. Um, I don't want to ride the red line. And I recognize that maybe I can't do as much as I did in the past and that's okay. I'm just going to figure out what I can do. Um, and so I just was able to like totally shift my mindset. Um, I worked with a nutritionist and like really felt like my health was in a really good place. So, um, there was like this pro only marathon that was going to happen. Um, and I signed up and six weeks out, I found out I was pregnant with my son. So, um, I ended up not racing and kind of everything went on hold again. Um, and then last spring, um, in, uh, I guess, May of 22, I kind of started to get back into that, like, that, like itch to, to start racing again and just realized that like, you know, I didn't, I didn't care if my times weren't as fast. I didn't care if I couldn't train like to the same level. Um, it's just, I enjoy competing. I enjoy being out there and, um, it's, it's just fun. And so that, I think shifting that whole uh, mindset took some time. There are growing pains um, and a lot of learning <laughs> on my part, but I'm really pleased with where I'm at. So um, I love uh, the balance that I have with everything right now. And, um, you know, my kids are top priority for me and I have a very um, exciting and um, successful coaching business. And I have just been like, I don't know. I've been able to find myself there, I think, more and like really hold on to that identity. Um, and that's been brought me a lot of joy and kind of learning that like I really love working with female runners, especially moms, um, because, you know, I've been there and like I can relate. And um, I think that's been like really special um, to be able to kind of share what I've learned. Um, and so, yeah, now it's like, I'm racing. I'm happy to be back. Um, but there's just like this whole, you know, I don't really have a lot of emphasis on the performance, uh, side of it. And I'm just kind of happy to show up and give it my best. And then I move on to the rest of my day instead of it just being like this all consuming thing. I I love, I, I love the fact that I can speak here. We can speak with an elite athlete who has talent, Oh, beyond my comprehension, let's say. But our friends who are listening can still learn and pick up things. The idea of shifting mindset, of changing priorities, and learning as you go and accepting what you can do. I think that's fantastic, which leads me into you have a book, a book out entitled Breakthrough Women's Running. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit. I owned up before the episode. I haven't read it. I have read reviews of it. There's some things in there that I find interesting. And I think maybe our friends who are listening would also, for one thing, 
I believe you are an advocate in your training methods of the run-walk method. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So Breakthrough Women's Running came about um, three years ago (laughs) at the very beginning of uh, COVID. Um, My co-author, Cindy Kuzma, reached out to me and she was like, hey, Human Kinetics wants us to write, like, wants me to write this book um, about women for women um, and by women. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, where has this been all my life? (laughs) Um, And back in college, I went to school to be a coach. Um, I'm a human communication major with a coaching minor. And during that time, I kept always trying to find, like, information about um, like female coaches and like female athletes even, and like the communication, um, and how to be more effective, um, as a coach and all this stuff. And like, there was nothing zero, like it was so frustrating. Um, and I was like, you know, someday I'm going to write a book about all this. (laughs) And so here was my opportunity. So we took, um, a lot of time. And it was a two-year process. Our book was released last April. Um, so it's been out for almost a year and you can find it on Amazon. Um, and I also sell um, autographed copies on my website if anyone would like that. But the biggest thing uh, with the book was, you know, I wanted it to be maybe not everything applicable to every runner, but I wanted each chapter to be a separate thing. So like you don't have to pick it up and read it start to finish. Um, I'm terrible at reading because it puts me to sleep. So it takes me forever to read anything. So I like having, okay, I can do one chapter and I can focus on that and then I can like move on. Um, And so we have chapters in there about goal setting, uh, fueling, recovery, uh, injury prevention, strength training, mindset, breathing strategies when you're running, um, female athlete hormones, pregnancy and postpartum running. Uh, So there's just a lot of information out there. The two women's specific chapters are the female athlete hormones and the pregnancy and postpartum. All the other chapters are applicable to all runners. Mm -hmm. It's told by women um, and by Mm -hmm. my experiences and those of other pros. So we highlighted a different professional woman um, in each of the chapters to share their story um, as well. And then we also brought in um, female experts. So we have an OBGYN who talks in the pregnancy and postpartum chapter. Um, We have a sleep specialist in the recovery chapter. We have a sports psychologist in the mindset chapter. Um, So it's just a lot of female voices, uh, which was really fun to put together. Um, And then it does include four training plans. Um, We have a run-walk training plan, which I'm a huge advocate for. Um, I think if you are a new runner, um, if you are coming off of an injury, if you're coming off of a pregnancy, that is always a great place to start is with a run-walk program. Um, So we have that in there. There is a 5K, 10K training plan, a half marathon training plan, and a marathon training plan. I, I will tell you, run walk is particularly applicable to senior runners, also. Absolutely. Yeah, it's what keeps. I'll speak for myself. It what keeps me able to do it, but because awesome. I don't think I can continue 
these distances at my age. Um, I've heard you speak about, and I'm going to call them ABC goals in running, that you have a certain goal and you're out and you find you can't meet that. You have your B goal. Could you talk about that a little bit, please? Yes. Uh, so I love goal setting. It's one of my favorite things. Um, my athletes probably get annoyed with me with how much I talk about this, but one of the best ways to set yourself up for success is with diligent goal setting. And so the first thing I like to do at the beginning of a season um, for me is I sit down and I kind of write out, okay, what's the big goal, this big outcome goal that I have for this season. Um, and sometimes it can be multiple races, like say I'm running a half marathon and a marathon that season. So like I might have a half marathon goal and a marathon goal. Um, so then that's called the outcome goal. So then I also write down some process goals. How do I get from where I am today to where I want to be? Um, I need to, you know, try and get some more rest. So lights out by 9 p.m. Um, I need to make sure that I'm drinking uh, plenty of fluids throughout the day. So I set a goal to, I have a big like 32 ounce water bottle and I have a, a goal to drink two of those every day. Uh, I have a goal to strength train twice a week. Uh, so I, I write those little process goals out. These are, this is how I'm going to get to where I need to go. Um, so then when I get to, um, you know, kind of finalizing what are those outcome goals, um, I'm, I'm going to write an ABC goal for each. So for the half marathon, it might be uh, run a PR is my A goal. And then the B goal would be like, okay, run. Um, uh, so my PR is 69 minutes. Um, so run, you know, 68 minutes or something. And then my B goal might be, okay, run 70 minutes. And then my C goal might be run 72 minutes. Um, and that gives me some leeway, right? Because there's things we can't control like, uh, wind and temperatures, um, you know, depending on the course, uh, if there's like a big hill or any, you know, difficulties there. Um, so it's sometimes it, it's helpful to have multiple goals um, for that. And then for the marathon, I would have the same thing, like an A, B, and C goal. Um, and so often they're time goals, um, just because in running, like that's what we're mostly shooting for. Um, I'm not really someone that's like a huge place goal person, um, but some of my athletes will do that. Sometimes they'll be like, I want to win my age group um, or, you know, I want to finish top 15 or whatever. Um, but for me, it's typically a time goal because I control that more um, than uh, place goals. Like I can't control what other people are going to do. Um, so that's uh, kind of how how I set all that up. And then it helps because as I'm going throughout the season, I can kind of revisit those, those goals and check in and be like, okay, are we making the progress that I think is necessary? Does that still seem like realistic goals? Do I need to change anything? Um, and so for example, I ran uh, CIM last year and um, my goal was to qualify for the Olympic trials there. So I had to run under 237. Um, my PR is 234. And 
I was like, okay, you know, that was pre-kids and everything. Uh, training looks different now. I'm running less miles. I only do one workout a week instead of two. Um, I don't sleep as well. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, all those things. But, um, you know, I'm a lot busier for sure. Um, but it doesn't mean that I can't still be successful here. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to set a goal of 235 because, um, you know, I don't want to run 236. 59. Like that's very stressful. Um, so I'd rather be like a minute of leeway there or what. Mm -hmm. So I set that goal kind of early season, um, like in the summer. And then, um, about halfway through, I was like, huh, you know, like, I think that's very realistic for me. Like, I think 235 shape is like, you know, kind of where I'm at right now. And this was like early October. Um, and then in November I ran 72 minutes for a half marathon. Um, and so I looked up the conversion of course, and mm -hmm. it was like two thirty-two, and I was like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So like yeah. this, this is really there. Um, and then I ran two thirty on the day. Um, wow. so wow. it was one of those that it was like, I rose to the occasion. I made the most of it. My fitness, you know, progressed throughout. Um, and I was able to feel very good about that initial goal. And it ended up actually, you know, <laughs> really surpassing yeah, it crushing it yeah yeah so sometimes that happens and then sometimes we have mm -hmm. to be like, okay you know we're not quite where we thought we would be and that's mm -hmm. okay and um you know what what can we get out of this season what does make sense and what is possible and then that's a place where i get to build on for the next one i don't know that it's unique to distance running but certainly because of the time involved in distance running there are more variables. And so the ability to shift goals just makes more sense to me. So bringing it back to your book a little bit, you had mentioned there are certain chapters and some of them I found really interesting. Um, based on, you know, your, your being a coach, if you were coaching someone um, and they were sort of new to some of the ideas like recovery and um, strength training and mental mindset, um, nutrition, things like that. Um, you mentioned hormones and stuff like that. How could I get into starting to think of myself as a well-rounded athlete? Like what, what could some of the small steps be that I could take to start doing um, some of those micro things versus just hammering the running all the time? Yeah. No, I love that. And, you know, obviously the, the number one thing to become better at running is to run, right? Like we have to be consistent. For sure. Yeah. But the only way we can be consistent is if we stay healthy. So really learning what our body needs to stay healthy, to recover well, is going to be critical to that consistency component. And I would say, you know, I've learned the hard way over the years that, uh, you know, recovery has to be equally as uh, important on your list as the training aspect. Um, and so I think a lot of runners are really good at like checking off the box of the run, um, but maybe not as good at checking off the other things. And so, um, you know, in the book, for example, um, at the end of each chapter, we have a section called the barrier to breakthrough. And so we list like some barriers, maybe, you know, something to do with recovery um, or fueling, uh, you know, 
uh, after a run, we suggest that you get in, uh, you know, uh, protein and carbs within 30 minutes after you finish your run. Um, and that, you know, your barrier maybe was that you were feeling like you weren't recovering after a, a run or a longer session. Um, and so that would be like a good thing to implement. So it, we make it really easy for you to go through and be like, okay, this is something I struggle with. These are some options of how to fix it. And so as a coach, I talk through these things with my athletes. And that's kind of where the idea to put that into the book came from. Um, and so talking with my athletes and be like, okay, um, you know, you've had this weird calf injury uh, for multiple seasons in a row where it pops up. Clearly we have a weakness. So we need to figure out what the weakness is and then we need to address it and we need to work on it. So we need to focus on some strength training stuff. Here's what we're going to do. Here's when to do it. Here's how to do it. Um, so that's kind of how I would uh, approach that. And, you know, today I was talking with um, a friend and uh, she was saying that she was struggling with some recovery stuff last week. And I was like, you know, have you tracked your cycle? Um, and she's like, well, I'm on an IUD. And I was like, well, you still ovulate on an IUD. So you can still track your cycle um, and you still have the, the hormone fluctuations um, that are going to contribute to fatigue um, at certain phases. Uh, and so talking with her um, was like a good reminder for me that it's important to, um, you know, always talk and communicate with like the people around you and the people who are supporting you. Um, because when my athletes come to me with questions, like I can, I have more of a like zoomed out objective approach. Um, whereas, if you're trying to just figure it out on your own, sometimes you're like too zoomed in um, to really see, you know, kind of the different options that you should be considering. Um, so like my husband is my coach so that he get, gives me that little bit of per perspective. Um, and so like I wouldn't want to self-coach even though I've coached hundreds of athletes um, because I need like that different perspective. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Sometimes I just am too zoomed in and I just get frustrated and I just keep going, oh, I just keep keep getting this injury and I don't know why. Whereas if I could zoom out, well, you might focus on this strength training or you maybe you're not getting any sleep and that's why you keep injuring yourself. I love that. That's great. So Neely, earlier before you were talking about one of the, the reasons for participating in the Princess Marathon uh half marathon weekend was to get yourself ready for the Olympic trials in Orlando next year. And you said something really interesting that has stuck with me. This entire interview is that yes, it's about, you know, racing and everything, but it's, you made a comment of who plays it the smartest in terms of the conditions and everything like that. Besides obviously getting to central Florida more to get your body adapted to the weather and the humidity and everything like that, what other strategies or what other adaptations are you making to your training to make sure that you are successful? So for me, um, you know, again, I, this is a passion, a very, um, you know, big part of my life, but it is still a hobby at this point. Um, and so, uh, you know, other 
professional athletes are going to have more access to uh, things and they may do, um, you know, some different things. But for me, um, we have a hot tub, so I'll spend more time in the hot tub, um, in particularly um, following a run, like immediately following a run to keep the core temperature up. Um, I'll do some runs later, like in more midday, um, so that I'm used to like the sun and, and the heat. Um, I will, um, I'm going to try and figure out how to do like one of those sweat tests to figure out like how much sodium and magnesium and potassium, um, I sweat out and lose per hour. So then I know, okay, this is how much I act like how many fluids, um, and what types of fluids I need to intake, um, during like a warmer, more humid race condition. Um, we are going to go, I think three weeks early, um, primarily because it's just so hard to train in Colorado. Um, in the winter, I've spent a lot of time on the treadmill. Um, and, uh, you know, that's just really difficult whenever you're training for a marathon. Like right now I'm training for like 10 Ks and halves. So my mileage is reduced, but next year, um, we are going to try and get, uh, get out of Colorado when we can, um, to get in some more quality training. Um, and so I think that there's just like some different strategies like that, that we can kind of practice, but a lot of it will also be on race day. Um, looking at the temperature and saying, okay, like, this is the the pace adjustment. I think I can run 230 in the marathon per my fitness, but that's at, you know, 50 degrees. So at 70 degrees, I need to adjust this many seconds per mile or whatnot. And then I'll slow down that much and be patient and recognize that it's mostly about getting the most out of myself on the day. Um, and what does it take to do that? Um, what does it take to run my best race? Uh, and you know, that's just going to be determined literally <laughs> that day, yeah. uh, given whatever the conditions were dealt with, um, you know, next February. Naley, we're so grateful to you for the time you've given us tonight. We enjoy talking with you so much helpful information really was, uh, I know I've, I've learned a lot. We've reinforced some ideas. Thank you so much. Um, if folks, if our listeners, our friends want to learn more, they want to get in contact with you, perhaps we've already talked about where you can find the book. Where can we find about coaching? Is that? Yeah, I have a website. It's getrunningcoaching.com and I'm on Instagram at Neely S. Gracie. You can ask any questions there. Uh, we also have a pretty active Instagram for the coaching, which is also at getrunningcoaching. So uh, I'd love to connect with anyone on there. I'm very reachable and very approachable. Um, and I actually am uh, talking with a new potential athlete on Thursday who ran uh, the Disney Princess Race and reached out uh, as a result. So it feels pretty special um, to get to be a part of uh, so many other runners' journeys, and I am excited to just be able to get to talk with you and um, have shared some knowledge and information, and hopefully, you know, those who are listening can get to know me a little bit better. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks again. I'll tell you what, I know 
I'm looking forward to the Olympic trials. I, I probably won't qualify, but I'll be there. <laughs> it's awesome. not that far away. <laughs> I live on the West coast of Florida here. I'll head over there. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. I've never been to one, something new. Nilly, thanks again. And we look forward to seeing you down the road. Thank you. Well, we're so fortunate that these Elite athletes uh, are are willing to share their time with us, and I think it's so interesting that we can learn so much. Same, same pavement, same running shoes. We just finish it in different times and in different style, but the you know, same mental game sometimes too. So, thanks again, Neely. We really enjoyed having you, and we learned quite a bit. Hey, we've got some exciting things coming up in future episodes, my friends. Next week. Carissa, John, and Riley, your race announcers, will be here with us on the Rise and Run podcast. That'll be exciting. Future episodes, B.B. Brooke will be here. And our run Disney friend, Meredith, who finished the Tokyo Marathon and earned her sixth star, finishing all six major marathons, will be with us in a future episode. All right, my friends, it's time for episode 76's The Race Report. Let's start with the weekend long events. And by golly, I messed this one up about every way possible when I put it on. You know how in the Facebook group, I'll do the little thing running this weekend. Well, in Newport News, Virginia, there was a weekend-long challenge, the One City Marathon Weekend. Now, somehow, I got Newport News, Virginia, and Hampton, Virginia, confused, which isn't that tough to do. There are two cities that are very close to one another, except that when I got Newport News, Virginia, confused with Hampton, Virginia, there was no race in Hampton, Virginia. The race was in Hampton, New Hampshire. So I got them all wrong. But now I get to set the record straight. So let's start here. Newport News, Virginia, where Liz and Sarah and Samantha and Hannah ran the weekend one city marathon weekend submarine challenge the submarine challenge is a 5k and a half marathon if you wanted the reference newport news is a big navy base and they had two challenges the submarine challenge which was the 5k and the half and the carrier challenge which was the 5k and the marathon but liz sarah samantha and hannah ran the submarine challenge Samantha, this was her third half marathon. She ran it with Hannah. 19-minute PR. 19 minutes, gang. That's over a minute and a half. That's, that's, that's amazing. Quite that's awesome. Half. That's pretty good. And Hannah ran with Samantha, her first half ever. Well, we know what that means. PR. Uh, flat course in the Newport News area. Fun running through the city. Well done. In Venice, Florida, a weekend race. Venice, Florida, the shark's tooth capital of the world, had the Megalodon Challenge. That's, 
that's a what a great name for a race weekend, the <laughs> Megalodon Challenge. Uh, Lauren ran that, did the Shark's Tooth 10K on Saturday, and set a 22-minute PR <laughs> in a 10K. Wow, that's uh, amazing. That's yeah, it is. Her first, her first 10K was four years ago. Uh, she said it was a Disney race. I forget which one. Uh, she ran the Shark's Fin 5K on Sunday with her daughter, who they got registered at the last minute. As you might imagine, for a Megalodon challenge, they had some neat medals. The challenge medal was a, a huge shark's tooth. Well, actually, I guess a huge Megalodon's tooth. But the medals looked really cool in the pictures. So those are our weekend events. Let's go now to Saturday out on the West Coast in Napa, California, the Napa Valley Marathon. Amber ran that in through wine country, hilly but beautiful. It's one of those net downhill races, kind of like Mr. Galloway's race in Atlanta, where, yeah, it's net downhill, but it's not all downhill. So it gets pretty tough. Uh, it had a six-hour cutoff pretty that's pretty quick cutoff for a marathon amber did it and set a 22 minute pr the same weekend her husband ran a 28 minute 5k without any training finished second in her age group i know we all hate hearing that (laughs) her six and ten year old daughters also finished their first 5k in mount Berry, which is in the vicinity of Rome, Georgia, the Berry Half Marathon. Brittany ran that. Highly recommends it. Rolling Hills, beautiful course. Great weather this weekend in Georgia. The Berry Half Marathon, primarily on the campus of Berry College. In Tyler, Texas, the Fresh 15. Sean ran this 15K. Perfect weather, nice course. Strong finish for Sean in that race. In Orlando, nice running community. We've got a lot of friends running in Orlando, and I think it's really neat that when they get to these Central Florida races, they get a chance to meet up, and and they're kind of becoming their own little uh, group over there, which is fantastic. Uh, Let's take a look here. We had different distances. Jared ran the half marathon. Michael ran a 5 and 10K challenge, as did Jason. Kayla and Kelly. Let's see what notes we have here. Michael and Jason, they met up. Uh, Jason said it was warm and humid. Of course it was warm and humid. It's central Florida. So post-race pizza. I don't do enough races with post-race pizza. I need to do more of those. (laughs) Uh, Kayla. Kayla did a five-minute PR in the 10K. And then turned around and finished the 5K. Good for her. I think we said Kelly did the challenge. Mary ran the half. Mary wore the rise and run colors in the half. Got a shout out from CJ the DJ who was there. Cool. Thanks for representing, Mary. We appreciate it. And our buddy Margaret. Margaret did just the 10K. Now, I know I say that a lot, but in this case, Margaret literally wrote those words in her post. I did just the 10K. I think Margaret might have had a little too much fun on this one. Uh, she got to cheer for the 5K. That was cool. Got to meet lots of friends. They had great medals. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Margaret having too much fun, just go look at the pictures she posted. She was enjoying this entirely too much. 
Good for you. Good for everybody who finished the best damn race in Orlando. A major event in Jacksonville, Florida, the Gate River Run 15K. This is the largest 15K run in the United States. It was probably, most likely, the toughest weather conditions they've had in the race history with the dew point and temperature combined to make it really difficult. Uh, Our friend Coach Twiggs was there not pacing anybody in this one. In fact, it looks like a lot of uh, Coach Twiggs family was there running this. Jessica ran it, posted a medal photo, nice looking medal. Melissa ran it. Nikki ran it. Nikki was the first report I saw that she had written. And the first thing that she mentioned what was what, what she called the Green Monster, which is the bridge in Jacksonville that comes at the very end of the race. I, I ran this race back in 1990. And the only thing I remember about it is that daggum bridge. It was tough. And again, tough race, tough conditions. Great job. That's a big one. In Tucson, Arizona, Chris ran the Spring Cross Country 5K. In Palm Springs, California, Megan ran the Run for Ike 5K with her husband. I think it was her husband's first 5K, or maybe it was Megan's first 5K. I'm not sure, but I know somebody got a PR because it was their first 5K. The Run for Ike was a run to benefit police canine officers. Ike was a canine killed in the line of duty. In Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, the Myrtle Beach Race Weekend, Trish ran that one with her dad, Ralph, had a great time at the run. Daggummit, another race with pizza at the end. Where are these races? I got to find one locally with pizza at the end. All right, I'll keep looking. All right, that wraps it up for Saturday. Let's move on to Sunday and start in San Antonio, Texas for the Run the Alamo Half Marathon. And on tonight's Race Report Spotlight, we have our friend Rachel, who ran that run on Sunday on her birthday. Rachel, yeah, welcome to the Race Report Spotlight. Howdy, y'all. There you go. That's perfect. (laughs) And a belated, I think I wished you happy birthday online. I hope I did. But a belated happy birthday in kind of live we're not really we can see each other that counts for something so that's good it's good to it's really good to see you here um a quick story rachel was going to be with us a couple weeks ago but she got what'd you get rachel you got uh double lung pneumonia yeah (laughs) if you're going to do it you might as well get them both yeah right (laughs) yeah might as well do it upright but you came through that pretty well, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. On the yeah. other side of it now. Yeah. And a little less than two weeks after being diagnosed, you're back out doing a half marathon. Mm-hmm. So that's got to feel pretty good. Yeah. Definitely surprised myself on this one. And it felt really good to be back on the road. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you're feeling better. And um, let's tell tell us about the race. How did it go? Um, so this was a race that, gosh, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, the smile never left my face. I'm That's nice. In, 
one of my favorite cities. Um, I've lived in all different parts of Texas growing up, and I think San Antonio is by far one of my favorites. I'm a history nerd and um, just love the city and love all the historical um, just yeah. places of it. It's absolutely wonderful. And what was neat about the race was um, it occurred on the 5th. And if you look in Texas history, the Alamo fell on dawn of the 6th. Um, oh. After 90, 90 minutes, it fell. So it was really close to the actual date. Um, and we started out, um, the cannon went off at seven in the morning, which was pretty cool. They're firing cannons. That's, I think that is pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. It was neat. And there were some, um, historical reenact, there were actors that Mm -hmm. were dressed up in the time. Um, there's a guy dressed up like Davy Crockett and they're professional actors that do the reenactments in front of the mission. Uh, during this week. So they were there. I didn't get a picture though. Um, there were no corrals. It was really weird. I've never been that did not have a corral. Yeah. I just kind of looked around and everybody just went, Ooh. and <laughs> I was probably five people from the front. Um, so I had a really good start. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but it was absolutely beautiful. It went around the Alamo um, by San Fernando Cathedral along the San Antonio River and the Mission Trail and the King William Historical District, which it reminded me a lot of the Garden District in New Orleans. It was okay. beautiful. Yeah. Um, they said there was a hill at mile 11, and I was like, what hill? Um, <laughs> Those are the best kind. Overpass at Disney, I'm kind of like, uh, okay, uh, that's yeah. a hill. Okay. Um, but post race tacos and barbecue were a hit. And, um, I met a very wonderful lady. Shout out to Kathleen. She had a run Disney half marathon shirt on (gasps) marathon weekend. And I was like, I see you run Disney. And she was like, Oh, hi, I like your skirt. And then we started chatting and, and walking run interval together. And it was wonderful. Yeah. Mm hmm. Neat. Uh, you talked about some of the areas you went by. It didn't actually get on the river walk, did it? No, it did yeah. not. Um, it did not actually take you onto the river walk. That would have been like yeah. an even more narrow path compared yeah. to where Hollywood Studios, where it chokes up. Mm-hmm. When you're on that lake mm-hmm. there, it's worse than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I've only been to San Antonio one time. I do remember the river walk, of course, but I didn't, I was thinking about it. it. I didn't think it was going to be able to do that. So I hadn't been back there in 15 years. So it was really fun to go back and they've expanded it. They've improved it. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, but it followed the natural San Antonio river, you know, just past where the river walk dam is and the, um, floodgate system. So it was just past that. But, um, it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. There's actually there are wildflowers everywhere. The blue the blue bonnets mm. are blooming, and everybody was taking pictures. And oh, nice! Um, there's actually a San Antonio Mission run, I yeah. think, that happens uh, later in the spring, and you go to I think all six of the San Antonio missions. Well, that so sounds like fun. Pretty cool. But how long How long would that one be? Do you know? I think they have like varying distances. Uh-huh. Like, 
10 and a half. I don't know sure. if I have a poll for that one. Okay. But I just briefly looked at it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a pretty city and there are neat places there. I thought it was unfair when I went to the Alamo that Santa Ana's men got to climb up in those high rises across the street and shoot down. That wasn't fair. I know, right? <laughs> people, you know, people fuss about that. They say, oh, you're in the middle of the city. I think I think the state and the, the government do a nice job preserving the Alamo. I yeah. thought it was I thought it was pretty. Yes, it is in the middle of the city. Yes, there are high rise buildings almost literally across the street, but still. I, th- I thought it was a neat place. So well, another interesting little spot is, you know, after the Alamo fell, the Mexican army, you know, Santa Ana, he wanted, he had um, a pyre. So all of those who fell, they were burned. Uh-huh. And um, those ashes are in a sarcophagus in San Fernando Cathedral hmm. with a beautiful memorial for the heroes of the Alamo. Hmm. So, um, it's sad that that happened, but at least they were able to, you know, preserve history in a way. Of course. Yeah, that is neat. Sounds like a great event. Rachel, what else you got going on? What's coming up on your schedule? Well, um, I have to complete the virtual Cowtown half. Okay, that's the one. That's what we were going to have you on for, Cowtown. That's right. Uh huh. Yeah. And then I have to complete the princess challenge virtually. Okay. okay. You got this. While I was sick. Yeah. Um. And what I what I have after that is springtime surprise virtual challenge. Uh huh. Um. I'm signed up for Disneyland to do the Dumbo Double oh, Dare. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I'm hoping for the wine and dine challenge, but we'll see yeah. how lucky I get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I feel pretty optimistic. Now, I've been wrong before, but mm-hmm. I feel pretty optimistic about that. I think you'll get in. Are you doing a clean sweep at Disney with all the races? I'm trying to. Ah! I'm trying to go for a perfect yeah. season yeah. starting, like, next year. Are you doing dopey? I'm ah, I saw the <laughs> <laughs> I just did it, Jack. Um, yeah, she did. She sure did. I, you I, did. At the end of that, I totally collapsed in Bob's arms. <laughs> but that you was, did amazing, though. Yeah. And I know yeah. you talked about it. I know you talked about doing another. Yes. So I I know. I So mentally, I have committed to a half or the full okay. during marathon weekend, one or the other, um, before moving on to do a Dumbo Double Dare. Because I definitely want to get the coast to coast. Yes. Good for you. That's on yeah. my that's on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. That's so exciting. <laughs> no, that's great. That's terrific. All right, there's one question I haven't asked you yet. I used to I usually lead off with it, but we were having so much fun, I kind of left it to the end. And I always like to ask our spotlight guests how they got started with running. Um, so as um a middle schooler and a high schooler, I was always involved in team sports. So I play field hockey, lacrosse, I swam, softball, cheerleading. I pretty much did it all. And I was in like theater and stuff. So um, but I was a sports girl. I wasn't yeah. like a runner. That's okay. Uh, yeah. But then in 2021, um, a very dear friend of mine, uh, Amanda Clark, lost her battle with colorectal cancer. 
Oh my. She was just a few months older than me. She was 34. She was a passionate runner and had a zest for life. Um, So, um, sorry, I'm trying not to get emotional on this. Uh, Oh, it's an emotional thing. Yeah. Um, A group of us that had worked alongside of her for years, we were all nurses together. They started the um, Amanda Mann Clark Project. Um, a foundation to raise awareness in colorectal cancer in young women and young yeah. people in general. I mean, yeah. the, it's truly rising and it's it's because of her persistence and being an advocate for her own health that she was even, you know, diagnosed. But at the time mm-hmm. she was diagnosed, it was too late. Oh, and so sad. after her funeral, we all decided we were going to start running the Cowtown in her honor every year. And so I just had my one year anniversary mm-hmm. because of her. Yeah. I, I think that's a great way to, to memorialize someone. And, and that is, that is a tough thing. Uh, someone that young folks, folks who are a little older are tuned in to look for that and test for it, but young folks, not so much. I so. wish I could hug you right now. I love you. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> but um, she's the reason why. And then that morphed into being a, um advocate for my own health and taking back my life um, after being in grad school and being sedentary and studying all the time. And, you know, NP school was very stressful. And I just, I mean, I kind of let it go. Um, but... You know, it was a new commitment to myself, and um, <clears throat> then I, I was nudged by a friend, um, a mutual friend, like, hey, did you know that there are races at Disney? And I was like, no, I have been living <laughs> under a rock my whole life. <laughs> and then Wine and Dine in 2022 was my first Disney race ever. Um, it was a 5K with my husband and my son, so... I had done the Cowtown in 2022, no training. I went out there cold. I finished it in three hours and 45 minutes. I was miserable. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if I'd ever do it again. Mm-hmm. But after my friend nudged me and I did the 5K, I was absolutely hooked. And I heard y'all's podcast on the flight home. Oh. How about yeah. that? Yeah. How about that? And so um, this has literally been a dream come true to – meet everybody and listen and learn and just be just totally enveloped by love from the community. And I can't think of a better way to pay it forward to everybody. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Rachel, we are so happy you're part of this community. We're delighted and we're so happy you took some time tonight to chat with us. Thank you for that. Thanks guys. Continuing on Sunday in Reston, Virginia, the Reston 10K, Sharon ran that one. She ran it as a catered training runs. I love the mantras that Sharon posted in her race. I will not do this. I will take it easy. I will not go faster than 10 minutes a mile. I will do Yeah, she ran 8.59s. <laughs> Good for you, Sharon. Good run. I'm, hey, as long as you had fun and you didn't work too hard. In Little Rock, Arkansas, the Little Rock half, Sandra ran that one. Oh, no, she didn't. 
It was supposed to be her 30th state for her and her daughter, but they ended up with multiple flight delays due to weather, made it impossible for either one of them to get there on time. So they weren't able to do that when they had to postpone it. Sandra's got a goal of running 50 marathons in 50 states by the time she's 75. I think that's awesome. That's what I want to do. Well, not, and I'm not going to get that done, but that's a great goal. That's fantastic. Now, here's the one that I messed up on the Hampton Half Marathon in Hampton, New Hampshire. Allie, why didn't you correct me on that? There's Hamptons in like every state in New England. It could have been any of them. Is that like Milford? There's, there's, it is. There's, yep. yeah, there's, there's Milford. Yeah. Several states have the exact same names. Yeah, well, it's not Milford. Milford. It's, it's Milford. Milford. Yep. Chelmsford, Milford, Peabody. Yep. Yep. Our friend Heather, who participates in the push rim wheelchair division, was registered for that, decided that push rim wheelchairs do not go very well through snow. So Heather did that one virtually. In Claremont, Florida, the Honoring the Fallen 5K, please, I hope I get this one right. Adania ran that one. If I'm wrong, please let me know. Uh, Brandy did her virtual springtime surprise 10K in Honolulu, Hawaii, the King's Runner 10K. Valerie did that one. Valerie moved back to Oahu. This is a great run on a beautiful course, but for, I guess they didn't have any electrolyte drinks on the course. And Valerie was, she was even wishing for some yellow uh, Powerade that she saw at Disney. But still, great run. In Peoria, Arizona, the Arizona Half Marathon, Jennifer did that. A lot of out and backs, of course, had to be rerouted due to flooding, but it was still fun. And then finally, and I mentioned that we'll have a Meredith on in a few weeks to talk about this one. The Tokyo Marathon was this weekend. So Meredith ran it, and our friend Jennifer, who was on the spotlight with Adam a few weeks back, Jennifer did this one. This was her fifth out of the six majors for Jen. And that wraps up this week's race report, my friends. Hey, public service announcement. Daylight savings time starts on Sunday. So if you've got a running event Sunday morning, you have to get up an hour earlier. There's a big one here in uh, the Tampa area. The Skyway Bridge 10K is this Sunday. You got to get up an hour earlier, my friend. This is such an odd day for me because I hate the fact that I lose an hour of sleep, but love the fact that we gain an hour of sunlight. Oh, yeah. You know, as the days progress. So it's a very catch 22 for well, me. I've, I've always looked, even from the days of being a little kid, I looked forward to daylight savings time coming back. I like having the sunshine in the evening. I mentioned Jeff's weekends coming up. If you're going to be there, I will be at the I will be at the big bib pickup at Fidipides on Friday from ten until two. I'll be handing out bibs, so if you can get over at that time, I look forward to seeing you there. If not, I'm sure I'll see you during the weekend. Reminder: Our springtime surprise meetup will be Saturday at three in the afternoon in the food truck area. No Zoom this week. Our Zoom get together will be next week, March 16th. 
All right, my friends. And if you run, you know you are our friend. Episode 76 comes to a close. We hope to see you very soon. Thanks for listening. Happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.